one of the things that we do at uh, at the monastery sometimes in the afternoon is I'll just come in unannounced or spontaneously, and we'll do what's called mountains and rivers. Mountains and rivers is just a a name for the talk that uh, is not really a talk; it's just responding to questions. So the so this way, it's uh, everybody in, uh, has a creative part in in what is uh, being discussed by asking questions, and I do my best to respond to it in as as a meaningful uh, way as possible. So please. My guest. In the Heart Sutra, the line without attainment, bodhisattvas take refuge in. What is without attainment? You know, there's, there isn't anything to attain. And it's a, it's a realization that directly goes towards the, the whole conceptual mind of, of going from here to there. Without attainment, there is, there is no attainment. But that has to be seen. If that is seen, then that's the attainment. But it's without attainment because it's not the, in the conventional sense of getting better or getting to a higher level. It's it's uh, fundamentally uh, seeing that everything that is there is not separate. So there's no no more warfare. There's no more struggle with anything. Uh, unless str- and if struggle comes along, even that's not a struggle. So this is the why it's so, uh, it's called indestructible, or this is why it's called uh, the Vajra-like Samadhi, or the indestructible Samadhi, because you can't destroy that because it's not something. It is not. Uh, it's not a fact. Yes, sir. When, you're, when you use the terms awareness and consciousness, are you referring to the same thing? <clears throat> the way I, uh, pretty much, but the, the way I use that is I, I say consciousness is everywhere. It's not uh, one of the it's places that we are, we're not really conscious of, uh, like our our blood flow and our heart rate and our body temperature. It's all being synchronized and coordinated and, uh, and an amazing, just amazing how all that works. We know, I sometimes say if we were, if you were just suddenly, even for 10 minutes, put in charge of everything that happens in your body, you'd be dead because you, you screw it all up. You know, you, you transpose numbers and you say, Oh, wait, that needs to be this temperature. Oh, that dead duck or person. So yeah. So, but, but then awareness, I, I use that to say, uh, aware of uh, the thing about awareness, uh, consciousness doesn't ignore anything. The consciousness is is just the nature of everything. But the awareness is that actual selecting out. It's a selectivity. So you sit down, and you're aware of the thoughts arising. You're aware of your body. You're aware of gravity. You're aware of the six sense fields and their objects. You're aware of all those dynamics uh, just uh, appearing. And you, and you can move the awareness and, and focus or emphasize any one of them. You can just go to how your needs feel. You can pretty much stay there somewhat. And so it's moving the awareness to in different areas. Anytime you put your awareness on anything, any one thing, like the breath or movement of the diaphragm or uh, thought patterns moving, you're ignoring everything else. So that's just needs to be understood that, that the awareness that you're training to be focused and you could even say somewhat one-pointed about just very closely watching that. That's also the nature of the whole shebang, to use the Sanskrit word. <laughs> <laughs> that joke seems to work every time. People laugh at that. Or are they just laughing to make me feel good? No. Yes? What is it that is moving your awareness from one to the other? So that's a good question. And one has to, through the awareness, one can actually turn back and try to find someone. And there's no, it doesn't seem to be, you have to do it yourself. 
And it takes a while of actually watching things move, watching things move. And at some point, you kind of get the idea, without me even saying anything, you'll begin to be curious about who's doing this. And you'll be, begin to question the identity itself. The identity is the primary mistaken identity. That's the primary issue is thinking there's someone. But but you, me, and everyone has to, you have to see that yourself. And you can't just do it by necessarily deliberately doing it. There's a kind of timing that's happening that's uh I can't see, you can't see, no one can particularly see it or identify it. But somehow at some point we just start to look deeper at the observer and we find that the observer is actually out there in the observed. But that has to be, I can say this conceptually, we can say, yeah, yeah, I can see how that might be the case. But to actually realize that uh, blows the whole uh, structure apart, it blows apart time and space. It, it just it just shatters the, the whole uh a preconceived and solid past and future, right and wrong, up and not back and forth, the whole reality the ego has been struggling with for since you were born until you realize that. How can we, you know, all, all of our questions are based on things that we really already know. So how can we either ask questions based on what we don't know or teach somebody based on what they don't know? So first thing I would say, if you're a student of mine, don't teach. Don't teach. Unless, unless you have to. I mean, if you have to, then it's out of my hands. Do whatever you have to do. But if you, if you think of yourself as a student of mine, whatever level of that, either a formally committed student or someone who's just kind of listening to what I say and following my recommendations or suggestions. There's a lot of people do that that don't really have any commitment knowing it. Just make, make that person any less. At all, they're doing, they're coming to the situation as how they can. But I would say to everyone, don't teach, especially uh, Buddhism or Dharma, unless, you know, if someone asks you, then you, it's a different situation. Then somebody is saying, so what do you, uh, I understand you're meditating. How does that help you? And then you could just be generous, honest. You might even say, I have no idea. And then they might say, well, what are you doing it for? You might say, I don't know. It's, it's like something I should do. Sometimes when you're put on the spot with somebody's questions, you really realize that you're, the reason you're doing this is kind of invisible in a way. It does, it, it's a very low level thing that isn't up here with some kind of a thing where you can kind of explain and say, yes, this is the reason I'm going to graduate school so I can make more money. It's not that kind of thing. It's kind of, it's under the radar of ego. So ego can't comment on something it's not totally clear about. And if it does, then it has to invent things about it, make up stuff. So I would say, to be more direct, sit a lot. Those are good questions. Don't take anything away from those questions, but sit a lot. Spend a lot of time sitting down and holding still. Sit in a symmetrical position, this one or this one, preferably this one, because this is kind of casual. This is very precise and symmetrical. And just watch what continues to move, which will be, of course, the mind, the consciousness of all of the objects of the six sense fields will be coming and going. Thoughts, sounds, smells, taste, touch, all those are coming and going, coming and going. It's like Grand Central Station. <laughs> She's dear. One thing about Casey, if, if I say Casey, she'll look at me. But if I try to treat her like a dog, it's like she, if I bark at her, it's like, she's, it's like she's thinking, that's not really a very good dog. <laughs> I'm not looking at that. I'm I'm not really a dog. I'm a furry human. So you need to speak to me with English. She won't use English. 
Have you noticed that she just did she bark at her? She like she just you know not a dog anymore. <laughs> furry human. But if you talk to her, she seems to understand. Further questions about dogs? <laughs> you talk about the path as being Sheila, Samadhi, and Prajna. Sheila or discipline? What's the difference between discipline and control? There's a little bit of control in there. We have to control. I have to control my hand to reach over here and pick up the coffee cups, or I don't do some kind of controlling. I can't wish the coffee up to my mouth, particularly. Maybe I could. Uh, but so there's a little bit of uh, control, and uh, the idea with the, the discipline, the Sheila part, is to is to use the forms that are taught in this discipline. And one of them, as we all know, is uh, come into the place that's set aside. This is temporarily, is a just like the, the monastery, the temple in uh, uh, Battle Creek, is set aside. It's, it's a special situation for you just to train your mind. So make use of the forms that have been set up. So the discipline is already kind of solidified in the form of a meditation hall. You know, it's a structure. It's a very strong form. And then we're kind of fluid. We, can, we need to go to work. We need to take care of our dog or our kids or go on vacation or go snowmobiling, snowmobiling like uh, Tayo and Chagetz did. You know, and they'll come back and then they'll uh, bring themselves into this form. And the form can be either can be the one where you just sit down, hold still, and you just watch. You're just training your mind. You're just watching what's happening. And so the discipline part is uh, using the form, using this posture. So as long, as long as the body is even moving slightly, this, this, or is it in any way casual? The mind uh, actually takes that shape also. And I don't have any proof for that, but it, but it seems to take a shape. And as soon as you hold the, the body very, very symmetrical and hold still, the body or the mind starts to, to there, there's more awareness about what is occurring. It's more awareness to see what is actually arising. And quite often that's when you start to see the thought patterns or the daydreaming or the uh, uh, inventing things or worrying about things. Whereas if you're moving around, you can kind of avoid any of that extra stuff. You stay with the, with the, the apparent uh, situation you're in, riding a bike or walking down the street. Or Just as I'm not taking anything away from meditation and action, but it seems like if we're going to train the mind, first we need to hold the body very still so that when we get up, then the awareness practice, that, that openness that is being extended or trained or emphasized while we're sitting, some of that starts to kind of tag along with our body, body-mind complex, just the open part of it tends to come along. So when you're you're going in the other room and you're starting to cut bread, you make sure that you cut them exactly the right pace. And you notice that the really largest one in the center is Sogazan wants that one, which I got the tenth one over. So discipline, it's about Relating to form in a really intelligent and open way without being bossed around by it, without it being bossy. It's just something you're doing. There's no, there's no, you're doing it because it starts out that way. We're doing this. We want to train our minds, but at some point we have to even give up the, the reason for it and just, just do that. If you're just doing that, you're not thinking necessarily, I'm a Buddhist meditator who's doing this. It's just a very simple. Uh, direct situation. So sometimes this uh, path is talked about as uh, the whole structure of the teachings, all of the things the, the teachers say, all of the things the down through the centuries that teachers have said, 
uh, and the, all of the forms that we follow, just very simple meditation on to more complicated forms, are uh, it's like a raft. And it's uh, the image has been used in the past. It's it's a raft. The raft of Dharma takes you across, across uh, the ocean of samsara to the other shore, which is nirvana or cessation, the cessation of suffering. And actually, it, it seems more uh, from this uh, uh, person's perspective, seems more like a cessation of a self of the suffering. The suffering is still everywhere. Everyone, everyone you meet is suffering. Oh, oh, like we were talking about. Costa Rica, you know, just tense suffering. So it's unbearable to look at. It's so difficult. And, uh, but the, the, there's no self who is witnessing that. Shila, discipline, samadhi, see what is true, see that it's not separate. And when you see that it's not separate, then the third one, or, or uh, prajna, then the wisdom mind begins to show up. And then if you don't panic and run back into samadhi, protect yourself by being stable. If you actually go into the wisdom mind, then everything breaks apart and there's no, no longer a solid self, nor is there not a solid self. It's not two. Everything is not two. This is why it's so difficult, because it looks like the self comes back. First, you see the emptiness, no self, no other. And then everything all comes tumbling back into the arena. This is uh, spoken about in the Oxford pictures. The Zen uh, story of uh, looking at the mind as an ox. I don't remember how they all go, but it starts out by finding the ox, finding the mind, and then taming the ox, taming the mind. And then eventually there's no ox in there. And then eventually the last one is where the, where the practitioner comes back into the marketplace. In other words, just becomes ordinary person. Right. Can you talk about, um, well, a challenge that I have is I was thinking not so much with my practice or my sitting time, but like throughout my day, obsessive. Where's my awareness? And really just mm -hmm. actually creating more energy around it. What's your What's your question? I understand. And then the opposite thinking: I'm just going to chill out. I'm just going to sit. Okay. And also that still. And then I feel like. What's your question? I. Is I understand what you said. Between those two, or can you help me to understand? A, a possibility between those two things. Yes. What else you want? All you have to do is look at it. And don't add. Don't do any math around it. Don't do any particular, insofar as you can. And if you do add and keep wrestling with it, then just look at the struggle. Trying to get rid of a struggle is more struggle. We'll go to war with war. Just watch the war. Just observe the warfare. Because the warfare is... It just it, it needs it needs some kind of fuel to keep going, and the fuel it gets is you're struggling with it. Do nothing, do nothing with it. Just be there and have a sense. You could say have a sense of magnanimity or um, acceptance. I usually don't use the word accept because then that becomes a um, an ego starts to use that about how much I've really accepted everything. So I would say just look. You don't have to accept, reject, or look away. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. Just be there and. Another way of saying that is, uh, if you need to, you could have, you seem to it seems, you do this and it just seems to, something is wrong with the whole thing. You're not being thorough about it. You're not sure exactly what it is. <clears throat> There's another one you can use if you've been working on that one for quite a while is uh, look at the suffering, look at the difficulty, look at the struggle and have a willingness for that never to go away. And you could even say it to yourself. You could, in your own words, you could write it on a legal pad. I don't care if this ever leaves. I'm willing to suffer this from now on. 
true surrender uh, isn't actually somebody surrendering. There isn't anybody. So it has to be really deep out of your heart. I mean, you're already awakened. You're already enlightened. I don't see anybody but the Buddha everywhere I look. And that's not because of how wonderful I am. It's because of how wonderful you guys are. Not you, though. <laughs> I don't have my reputation. You got more work to do. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just saying, we have to really give ourselves to that negativity rather than uh, struggling or trying to, you know, get it to change or be something, uh, live up to some kind of example or something typical. How much do you sit? Sit more. Add on 20 minutes. You're single. We'll invent the single sitters club. SSC. Single sitters. They sit every morning, 2 o'clock. Is that your alarm? Sit from two to three. Mm-hmm. You said something like mind follows body, body follows mind, and sit as still as you can on the cushion. In between, off the cushion, between activities, should we try to hold still? I don't think so. I mean, some of that's going to come up kind of on its own, but I think the most important thing to do as far as the awareness practice is to do a lot of stillness, as still as possible. And if you have to move, go ahead and move, shuffle around, do whatever. Stretch your back, whatever you need to do, and then return to stillness. And then hold that as for as long as you can without being rigid or being super uncomfortable. And then if you need to move a little bit more, then do that and then return to stillness. You get up off the cushion, just just function, just do. It's not that you can't bring some awareness to something. You're bound to do some of that. But I wouldn't make it too big of a project. I would just kind of hang out and just the observer situation uh, can happen just on its own without somebody kind of pushing that situation, like trying to be more aware of, you know, peeling potatoes or something. That's Is that the idea then? Just let it happen naturally? Yeah. Than... yeah. Don't, don't meddle with it because it, it's too, uh, it's too tempting for the self-centeredness to get some kind of credential and build up something over how aware we are all the time. I'm so aware. Why do I feel like crap? I'm so aware. So aware of the crap. So yes, just, just hang out. <clears throat> Earlier, you used different words for gone, gone, gone. Got the What were those in um, Coben's? Yes. Uh, Coben translated that as a uh, as a uh, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Nothing to do. What is falling apart? Yeah, so the ego, this the structure that we think is so true of myself and others. The the, the belief in a self and the belief in an other starts to collapse and and, it, and the, the teaching that we uh, use as our inspiration for this path for the Chan and Zen teaching of Japan and China is uh, uh, Yogacara which is uh, perception only or consciousness only or awareness only there's just the awareness of something there's no thing and there's no other there's just the awareness there's no there's no one over there like I'm looking at you so but there's no one over there and there's no one over here there's just the awareness. It just looks like two things. It's not. It's not separate. When that's when that's realized, then there's nothing to do. Everything is falling apart. The whole contraption is falling apart. All the things that justify war have gone. Because there, there isn't any 
It's called non-duality in the in the Indian ancient Indian tradition. It's uh, called uh, Advaita. Advaita is tunis and Advaita is non non-dual. It was around before the Buddha in the uh, Upanishads. Their names are not coming. Chandogya Upanishad uh, and uh, another one with a big long name. But anyway, you can find that same teaching. It's it's like that. It's non-dual, so it's not exactly going into the Egolessness that, uh, in the same way that uh, Buddhism does, very similar. Yeah. Are concepts disappearing or are attachment to the concepts? I think it's the attachment. The concepts are fine. They can come and go. They can have a chair, hang out, sit on your. Your, your ego doesn't have to go. Your ego can actually sit on your lap, little little child that it is. You, know, you can take care of it. It's like a, you know, it's okay. It's okay to have a really intense emotional kind of desire, wish, or resentment. Not to get rid of any of that. It's unreal. It's just like a movie is we're watching a drama. Uh, you know, some of the, just pick out any drama that's really, really moving. Did anyone see the piano? You know, what an incredible movie that was. And it really emotionally, I think I watched it five times. Every time in a the movie theater, it was, it was that powerful movie for me. How great a movie it was! It was very powerful for me. The emotional dynamic was happening, and it was tense with all all the characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the woman uh, who father's dominant and the piano, yeah, and the yeah the Maori uh, indigenous people there. So it's both real and unreal. It's real and it's really it's really moving, but then you. Movie. Same thing with our emotions and feelings. Really intense. You notice how something you felt a year ago, you can't remember. You were really upset about something. Can't remember what it was. <laughs> was it? And, and the ego, the self-centered mind, wants to hang on to that stuff because it somehow carrying a little knapsack of your complaints about things is, is you know, kind of keeps the self not feel threatened. It's kind of a shield. Here, here, here's what's wrong. Here's what people do. And look what people did to me here. It's, a, it's a, not that they didn't. They probably did, but it, it, it's difficult. The spiritual path where we're actually transcending this world without leaving it. So it's again not to. Um, you said that we looked out and everybody's the Buddha, and um, that we're, we don't have to look for enlightenment. Kind of already the case. Yes. So if that is true, that is, is it because in that we aren't. Seeing that or feeling that, is it because just on top of that, there's just the shroud of ignorance? That's that's just stuff. <clears throat> that's why it works. Uh, work, oh, it takes time, but that's why it works to do a, a practice where you're where you're working with the awareness. Where over time, uh, you persistent, you begin to see through that, and it's it's uh, the presumption of what that's going to be like doesn't quite match up to. What it actually begins to look like. It's an astonishing situation where it's, it's called, a, I've called it and called by others an open dimension of being your being, but there, it's an open dimension. So you don't know where you're at. You know where there's a body here and you can see through it. You can see out of it. But you're not just here. There's anywhere that you aren't. You can be anywhere. You can be anyone. So is it a, a figure of speech that you could, that you are enlightened and and not aware of it at, at the same time. Well, there is, uh, like I've said before, and I know it sounds kind of like trick, uh, tricky language stuff, but there, there isn't anyone to be 
aware of it. There's no one. There's awareness, and there's awareness of the Buddha. There's awareness of Buddha nature, and there's awareness of enlightened truth. But there's no one who's who is aware because it's not separate. So everywhere you look, you see. That's why the teacher-student situation is uh, only only as a teacher-student situation as long as there's a student. There's no student. There's no teacher. The student appears. Sometimes they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I say it the other way around, which is what? No, no, it's not that. Uh, that's a misunderstanding. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Yes. So um, the translation of the mantra gate, 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 of Coben's falling apart, yeah. falling apart, nothing to do, is that similar to Dogen's instruction to let the world come to you and the 10,000 things come to you rather than going out after? Does that, so does that put us in a position, so to speak, of ready action? Yes. So Dogen, she's when uh, uh, was referring to Dogen's, uh, and I have to paraphrase it. He's instead of when you go out towards out to the world to try to do stuff and this and that, push this and pull that and get this and keep that away and are interactive. This is delusion. This is Dogen's characterization. A 13th century founder of this lineage of uh, Zen Buddhism, the Soto lineage. Yeah. But when you sit back and let the world come to you, let things occur then this is awakening. But you don't have an agenda about anything, so there's nothing to do. Everything, the whole sense of that out there has fallen apart. And so, and this is a kind of a, I don't know how else to say it, kind of a corny way of saying it in a way. Everywhere you look, you see yourself. You don't see other. So therefore, there isn't anything to do. And of course, that might show up, it could show up if someone comes, I need you to help me with this or that. Can you help me with this? If you can, you probably would. Oh. Further questions? So, just to take that a little further um, on a more practical um, idea, uh, at the temple, we, as you know, we um, have the building next door that we need to renovate and put into ADA bathrooms, and it comes with a fifteen thousand dollar price tag. Um, and then up here, there's a growing sangha, and I know it's everybody's dream to have a, a space. So how, how do we not worry or push either of those examples? Um, Don't do it. Or it's pushing rather than having the world see come that, to us. See that you're pushing. You see that you have an agenda about something. Then, then there's some kind of pushing going on. So, but if you witness that, if you just see that, and if you, you have some kind of understanding about what is uh, what this awareness practice is, then uh, it won't it won't get fueled. You won't have uh, you won't have this double speak behind it. You know, pr propelling you. Well, I have to think about this. You have to have a plan. It's like when we went to the architect Yume from Minneapolis. Uh, I can't remember. You'd have to quote him. I can't remember. I went there. I don't know what happened there. I was at the meeting. Uh, but he said, uh, what was it? He well, said, what are you going to do with What are you going to do with that? You're going to put all this money into this. What are you going to yeah. do with it? I'm not interested in that question. I, I really don't have any interest in that. 
because that's about some kind of a plan. And it's not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't plan, but the plan should not come out of some fear. Plan needs to come out of uh, uh, necessity that, that that means it's time to do that. Like you don't shovel a walk until the snow falls. So I'm going to get this done before the snowstorm. I'm going to get out there and shovel. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me to plan something when it's not time. So now to Yume, he's not to pick on Yume, but he's operating. He's a very practical follower. He operates out of you know a nuts and bolts. Approach and he should. I don't mean to change that, but it's just that that's not I'm not interested in that. I, I am interested in getting those bathrooms in. Why? I don't have any idea. Somebody said, well, "What are you going to do with all the space?" I don't know. What are you going to do with those bathrooms? That's none of your business. <laughs> Personal. <laughs> but you, you follow me a little bit. It's just there's there's a time when that might come up when we really de do need to plan something and something. <coughs> We already have a gampa in one area that happened spontaneously. We thought that was going to happen up in the top of the temple. Now it's happening in the, in the, the yoga studio. We build a whole yoga studio. Anybody doing yoga? I don't know. Once in a while. Once in a while. But no formal classes. But there's all kinds of things that are arising, and and I, I don't want to miss any. When I say I don't want to miss any of them, I also don't want to just out of fear clamp down on what we should do with it. We haven't done that so far. Here we've got a. How many buildings? They just when we need a building, it comes up for sale. Does that mean there's some kind of magical thinking? No. In fact, in fiction, it's totally practical. Of course, I lied when I said totally, but it's kind of practical. So, at the same time, there seems to be some forward motion, like when before we had the temple. I don't know, you and I would walk up and down the streets of Battle Creek looking for a place where we could have yeah. meditation practice. So, yes. And here, we even did it here. We actually looked at this building four years ago, yeah, five years ago. And we freaked Kozan out because she said, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Who's going to take care She's of it? She's not going to admit to it. She did admit to it? Okay. Anyway. And then stuff just kind of happens. So how, I guess I'm looking for some. Looking for help? Well, how much? How, you know, there's the practical side that really pulls, like, Gume. What are you going to do with it? He's don't, a don't, don't, but don't also also listen to him. And even if he's, that wasn't a situation where that worked, but if he'd been just there asking me personally, I would have said, what do you mean? And then I might say, well, what would you do? He would probably say, well, I wouldn't put two bathrooms in there. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought the building. I wouldn't have bought the building. Why are you doing that? But that's too late. We've already bought the building. He should have been there earlier. I don't do shoulda much, except when it's you me. Then I do shoulda. I think my, my basic question is how to interface with with the practical world that we're, we're having to work in. Well, we're doing it. I mean, we're actually doing that. We're I don't know how else to say it. You would know that as much as anyone. The whole situation it just seems to move along organically somehow. It seems like the problem is fear. Yeah. So I mean, things happen, and you kind of have no extra energy in it. It just yeah. works. Doesn't work. Things. Yeah. Fear that. Fear that it's it all really complicated. Or fear that we'll not be able to 
pay the bills. Or there's a lot of that comes up. I mean, it's not not with me particularly, not too much with you, I don't think. You're not worried about it too much. You're just trying to get the books done. <laughs> and sell stuff. More about that? Any other questions? Yes, sir. Is there a difference between non-dual and non-dual? I think it's the same. I think it's pretty much the same. It's a non-dual. It's just a, a way of saying not to. So non-dual might be a little bit more technical. Or if you said not to, I mean, even a, a six-year-old can understand that. Probably will argue with you. <laughs> point to two different things and say, how about those? So everybody knows stuff. <laughs> yes. The idea of gain. Gain? Gain. Yes. In, in the practice. When you say sit down and sharpen the blade of awareness, mm -hmm. that has a connotation of gain. It does. What's the question? The question is, do you gain? No. There is no gaining. But we, we need to talk something. We need to say something. <clears throat> so we say that. But at the same time, we say it's also not to. It's both gaining and not gaining. You can't find two things. You can't find two things anywhere that you can take one away and provide space between those two. They're not separate. You can't find you can't find a hat pin. You know what a hat pin is? There's not there's not there's no space between two things that you can put a hat pin between. If you see it, you that's the end of the path. But you have you have to see it. It can't be just a concept about it. No matter how strong, it can't be a whole philosophy. It can't be uh, you know something. Elaborate. There's no elaborations, but it's very difficult for the ego mind to to come down to just it can't be that simple. We'll still begin to argue right away. It can't be that simple. And you already know in your heart it is that simple. You can just just don't turn away from it. This is that's two. You're there. That's two. There isn't two. It's just this. So anyone you're looking at, you're not separate from it. Fundamentally, I'm not saying you're not separated, but fundamentally. You're not separate. Does that mean the same with our awareness? Awareness? Is your awareness my awareness? Yeah, they're, they don't. Aware, uh, consciousness or awareness doesn't belong to anyone. It just looks like it does. It's kind of on loan. You don't remember signing for loan? And sure, it looks like it's happening, but, there, but fundamentally, it doesn't seem to be a separation there. It's, it's an amazing uh, area that. What, as uh, human beings living in this uh, very low frequency uh, realm of Earth, this low low frequency, we're just here. We have solids, apparent solid forms. We have apparent time and space. And but but look deeply in that, you see there's there's a whole dimension. Just the dream world alone is enough to let you know that uh, you're kind of in for it. Question. I think so. I don't know if I think it. Um, it was about. Uh, what you were talking about being um, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know how to phrase it. It'll come to me. Okay. Game. <laughs> Game. All right. Is there a time to know when to give up on yourself? Sometimes I say this, and I, I mean it to be helpful, and sometimes I don't know how to But I say, don't do anything unless you have to. If you're doing something, don't. don't well, I mean, if you really think about it, it only makes sense. Why would you do something you don't have to do? gambling with your time and your life and everything. So if you're doing something, I would say don't don't necessarily give up on it. Continue to do that unless you have to stop. It would depend on what it is. 
And it, would, it seems to be because of the dependent origination of everything. It, it depends on a lot of awareness. We flood that with awareness so you can see uh, as much as possible what that's about. Really look at that, contemplate that. You could spend uh, an hour on the cushion. You could spend an hour at the end. Depending on the project or the thing you're referring to, it may fit here or not. You can actually write it down on an index card, you know, whatever that situation is, and then go from just sitting to just going into a conceptual understanding of that. Just a way way to go about it. So don't do anything unless you have to. Don't even don't even meditate. You don't have to meditate. Don't just be happy. Good luck. Having a sense of intuition related to a part of awareness? I think, it's a, you know, and I'm asked that every now and then about in, intuition. I think that that is, uh, it's, it's kind of separated out into some kind of a function, uh, like thinking something is probably true or going to happen, although we don't know, we don't have any backup for it. So some kind of intuitive or speculative feeling about something. Um, I think it's just a, a, a deeper dimension of, uh, of awareness, and it could be encumbered a little bit by thoughts, but it also could be uh, liberated from conceptual. It could actually go, go deeper into something where we begin to understand something without, without the conceptual backup or the justification for what we're thinking may happen. But it's kind of like knowing, and sometimes this happens with, the, with my, my experience as a uh, knowing I had to become a monk. So I spent easily spent 30 years practicing, uh, actually avoiding that, um, really telling myself, I don't have, don't, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. That's not, I don't want to do that. And I really, even, um, I remember 25, 30 years ago, thinking it's not going to happen. Well, it happened. It happened. Uh, and it's like intuition. It's like I, I had to do that, but I don't have any explanation for it. I'm not sure if that's resonating a little bit with what you're asking. <clears throat> it's, it's, no, I think it's, you could call it intuition. You could call it a hunch about something. Something should be a certain way or should happen. Apparently. Could it be um, if you um, are able to let stuff drop away or at least to see the world with more awareness that you just see what really is happening mm-hmm. and in a way that's you could be calling it intuition just because it's just a clearer seeing of really what is happening. Yeah, I agree. Another way of saying the same thing. It's just clear. No, that's not. Just a statement about this building. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't live here, it just becomes somebody's job. Mm-hmm. It needs to be, you have to be able to have beds and live here. Oh, I agree. We need to because strong charge. The way that we, I agree. The way that we practice here, the way that I encourage people to practice, needs to be a monastery. I'm sorry, it doesn't mean to be the old-fashioned kind where everybody's obeying, everybody's, you know, you know what I'm saying. But it needs to be connected with our with our society, so it breathes, so so people can come and actually live in a space where. For periods of time and practice, like we do, like uh, Gilgado is now on a, a two-week-long solitary retreat, uh, that we can we can accommodate that because we have a structure that's ongoing, so people can come and do that kind of intense practice. So yes, I feel, and that's because people live there We're right now. What six people? Six people are practice residents. So that's something we need here too.
if it's supposed to happen, it will happen. I think I've said that several times. <laughs> you said everybody is awake. Yes. You, you look around and you see everybody's awake. And you talk about the veils. Yeah, the two veils. The two veils. Yes. So what, so what, what is it that doesn't see? So, uh, wisdom. The uh, wisdom mind can't, can't really see. Because of the, the two veils, the veil of conflicting, uh, con- conflicting emotions. We all experience that. We have an emotion about one thing and then we have another emotion just the opposite way. Conflicting emotions are difficult. Create veils. And the other one is, uh, primitive beliefs about the nature of reality, which is primitive means you think there are two things. And the Buddha discovered 2,500 years ago, everything is dependently arisen. There's not a, there's not a separate thing anywhere. Just reflect. That's a very conceptual statement. Reflect on that. If you realize nothing is separate, then the separate, the apparent separation continues. It's called phenomena. But the but the fundamental uh, realization is you realize that if you go deeply into this, you realize it's just this, not separate. And it's not even one thing. That would be a misunderstanding. It's just not separate. You say everything is Buddha nature. Yes. In this relative world situation, that was the natural case. You know, we look around in this room and we're working on our minds, but if we look deeper, there's a lot of difficulty that seems to be ramping up. Yes. So from even from the illusion of it, what is it that just makes it go more unconscious? Fear. Fear, fear that you're, you're going to lose control, fear that it's going to overwhelm us. Uh, but that only comes from from separation. If you see that there's no separation, then all you see is the truth of the Buddhist teachings. Life is suffering. The cause is desire. The goal is cessation. And the path is Shila Samadhi and Prajna. There's the formula. Practice. Awaken. Awaken yourself. The, the, the teaching person, he, she, they, can't say, here's awakening. Even though the Tibetan tradition, they kind of pretend that so they can, they can put little harnesses around all their students or not. But Sheila Samadhi and Prajna, sit down and sit down, see, look, see, look, look, observe, observe, observe until you see reality, which is not separate, which is the wisdom mind. If you see it, there would be no credential. Uh, you can even miss it. You can miss your own awakening. I think I've given a few talks on that. Before. I give it a talk on you forgot you woke up. That <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Evil. Yes. Yeah, that, 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 that. Maybe. Um, dependent co-arising, again, I understand that as a conceptual framework. Um, is it Buddha nature that makes it transcend it simply being conceptual? Yeah, the awareness that, that everywhere you look, you can't see any separate things. So if I look at your earlobe right there, it's not separate from anything in here. It's, it's separated, just like the hand is a hand, but the fingers are separated. Without without the fingers being separate, separated, you you'd have a what I call that a meat man. <laughs> meat man? Yeah. That's just terrible. <laughs> but look, look, I can re- relieve your suffering. Watch. <laughs> so it's talking to me. <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> but you know, it's it's like that. If you, you can see, if you can see it, you just you, it's, you see it. So practice, practice, please practice. 
uh, the only thing I can do to help you is is tell you it can be done. You can do it, and you can do it. You don't have you don't you if you if you do this, you, you won't won't even won't have to talk to me again. Not that you have to right now. You might come and say, I think I got it. I would say, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, I bet you're looking forward to that. <laughs> but if you, if, you, if you understand, you won't really need anybody's uh, imprimatur. You don't need someone to say, yeah, yeah, that's, you might, you, might want to, you might want to do that, but you wouldn't care about the outcome. You wouldn't care what the person thought. And if they were, uh, uh, if, they were if they realized, and they, they, just, you know, it's not going to be anything new to them. They already know you're awake, mm-hmm. so you come up and say. And I've had people do that just recently. I kind of woke up. Okay, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was what I told them. <laughs> uh, you've already told enough people. <laughs> don't tell anybody else. This doesn't mean a person doesn't awaken and have some kind of awakening. That's that happens quite a bit. Yes. This might be a silly question, but um, have you ever had the opportunity to tell someone maybe that um, missed their own awakening? That, that yeah, you're missing it right now. You ask me. It's there. It's there now. But the 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 conflicting emotions. Primitive beliefs about the nature of reality is a very simple way of putting putting it. The saying is delusion. This doesn't mean you can't do live your life however you want to live it. But how the life is being lived is not necessarily contrary to. You know, everybody doesn't have to become a monk or even receive ref, uh, jukai refuge vows or anything. Just realize this. Further questions? Further statements? Mm-hmm. You often say. No separation. Uh, how does no separation equal no self? That almost seems like no self, say no separation. Mm-hmm. Just don't explain your question. Just give me the question. How does no separation equate to no self? Uh, the self uh, is is a separated identity that can win or lose, and and is kind of uh, has kind of a paranoia going on about everything, making sure we're safe, making sure nobody disrespects us, making sure we have everything we need and we protect ourselves and our family and so on. So there's an identity cluster going on there. And no separation is just saying that that situation that looks like it's separate is actually not not as intimately intertwined with everything that's arising in ways that that are not apparent, that can be kind of covered up by um, those two veils. Like believing that there's there's a self and believing that there's others. One of the ways we re- affirm this in our society is we punish. We actually punish our, our childish situation. We actually punish people who are having trouble with their life and are having anger or having violence or something like that. And they, they do things they really don't intend to do, maybe. But we do, you know, because of the whole structure. And we, we take them and we put them in boxes and lock, lock it up. I mean, no matter what the problem is. I don't care if it's murder, if it's uh, sexual abuse. I don't care what it is. We need to help those people, not punish them. It does not help somebody. That's the assumption that they could have done something about it. That's like saying, I could be a millionaire. Why are you so poor? Just make money. Really frustrate me. Make any money. 
get out there. Get out there or I'll hit you. <laughs> so these these people who are at the in the difficult areas of society are oh my goodness, it's just, there's no there's no help for them. I mean, there's some, but they're all the people who are in prison. I'm not saying open all the prisons. I'm saying let's look and see who probably is you know wound up enough that they need to be kept in some kind of a. But it shouldn't be a torture chamber for them. And another thing that makes it difficult is putting all those people who are having difficulty together. Instead of having a having a, each one of those people exposed to people who are fairly sane and fairly balanced and and have a, a some kind of social equilibrium that they can actually get contaminated by, you know, so they could actually straighten up. Instead, we put them all together and let them form gangs, and, and then we have the prison industrial complex. And I could go on and on about my irritation with all of that. That being said, <clears throat> we have to start somewhere. How does this look to me? It looks to me like I need to talk to people who want to hear what I have to say and help people train to train their minds rather than for me to go into a prison and deal with that situation. If I were really young, maybe I would. Maybe I'd go study law or something. Probably probably wouldn't be able to pass the bar. So not very smart. That's what we need to get our lawyers to do. But Marla, Marla, you need to do something. Yes. Well, you're, to see the conflicting emotions is awareness. So when we see those and we see there's a conflict, don't go to war with that. So it's like it's like seeing two different factions, uh, you know, bumping into each other and trying to trying to somehow come to terms. Give them a chance. Allow the conflicting emotions to to work it out. To, to See that there's a natural, everything naturally wants equilibrium. Everything wants to, uh, pretty hard to ignore gravity. It's just gravity. So that's, everything just needs to settle. You have the help by the really huge ball of dirt pulling you down towards itself. Just be glad it's not a huge ball of fire. There is one of those, but it's a ways away. Any other questions? Very good. Thank you. Thank you.